Welcome to the Reason to Behold podcast. I'm your host, Tolly Talks, and Arnold is on vacation. So if this is your first time listening, normally you've got myself, Tolu, and Arnold Reasons, who, who host this podcast at the moment. And Arnold is on annual leave, spending time with family, um, building up some of the things that you know he's working on in his, in his career. Um, so yeah, we're just giving him some time out. And we've had some guest speakers, but this is the second of, of, a, of a series where I'm talking through what I learned at church uh, last week. So last week, my wife and I, we visited another church. The church I attend meets three times a month in person. And then on the fourth or fifth Sunday of the month, we have church online. So we still, you know, attend our church online, but then they encourage us to go out into other churches, you know, local churches in our community and just fellowship with other believers, you know, spend that time meeting other people, attending other churches, and just seeing what God is doing in other parts of the church. And before we get into today's, um, into today's session, I really appreciate that about my pastors is that they are, they're very secure in the fact that, you know, I know where God has called me to be and me going to another church doesn't suddenly mean that I'm going to leave theirs unless God tells me to. So I love that they give us that freedom and that encouragement to, to go and fellowship with, with other believers and learn things that we might not learn there and, you know, be able to bring some of those things back to, to our home church. So that's something that I just really appreciate about, about the pastor that I have. So, if you if if you want to you can you can listen to the to the episode from last week as well um, and what we were talking about is orphans and sons and how orphans operate versus how sons operate and the whole premise behind this is that we have been adopted as sons into the family of God and as sons there are ways that we should behave and there are ways that aren't they're not becoming of sons you know they're more behaviors of orphans of people who don't have parents, of people who don't know that they're loved, of people who don't know that they're provided for. So we were talking a little bit and going through it. Um, and I can put the, the link to the original sermon in the, in the show notes. Um, but it was just a really, really powerful sermon um, and just really got me thinking about, okay, how do I actually live my life? Am I living as, as a son or am I living as an orphan? Because you can also have areas of your life where you're living as a son and areas of your life where you're living as an orphan. So this is just a really important thing to reflect upon how you live your life, how you approach your life and see, am I living as a son or am I living as an orphan? So where we kind of left off was about intimidation. So sons are not intimidated. They understand the authority, they understand the power and they walk around confident. They're not intimidated by other things. They know who they are. They've been raised in confidence. They've been raised to understand that if someone challenges me, that's okay. They've been raised to understand that I have a place here. My place here is not, I can't be dethroned from my place, I'm a son. You know, they, they know that, they get that, they're not intimidated. They think differently because they're not intimidated. So the, the pastor that was talking, he said that, you know, when you see how some of these high level people think, what they're thinking about is, okay, how can I impact countries? How can I impact nations? How can I impact big things? Sometimes as orphans, we think little. And he gave this example and he said, you know, when he said that, you know, people are thinking about, okay, how can I impact a continent of Africa? He said he could feel in the room that people were already tensing up and they were already going, oh yeah, that's because they were already rich. That's because of this, that's because of this. And instead of thinking, how can I learn to think like that? Lord, how can you teach me how to think on that big level? People are automatically intimidated by that and they're trying to give excuses already. They're trying to give reasons why we can never do that. And I think this was a huge thing for me in terms of, in terms of mindset 
in terms of do we think as orphans or do we think as sons? Do we think as orphans where we think that all things are hard and things aren't possible? Or do we think as sons who say, you know, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible? How are we thinking about these things? Am I thinking like a son or am I thinking like an orphan? Am I thinking about the possibilities or am I thinking about the things that could go wrong along the way? And here's the thing. There is definitely there's definitely a place for thinking about things that could go wrong and how to mitigate them. There's definitely a place to think of what are the challenges I could face and how will those be overcome? But that's part of the process to overcome it. Those shouldn't be part of the process to stop us from doing things. And you know, it talks about count the cost before you go to war. So yeah, absolutely count the cost. But if this is a war that God has told you to fight, why would you not go fight it? If this is something that God has told you to do, why would you not go do it? Why are you being intimidated by things that your God is bigger than? That's something that we need to get as sons is that God has given me this authority. He has given me this sonship so I can go out and do the things that he's told me to do. Because when a prince is going out and about, he's going under the decree or under the authority or under the power of his father, the king. You know, so this is the authority that God has given us as sons and daughters. That's what we can do. So that's something that's really important. Sons are not intimidated. They're not intimidated. They're not intimidated by the devil. They're not intimidated by other people. It talks about the fear of man brings a snare. Are you allowing people to intimidate you in your day-to-day -day life? Have a think about it. Is there someone who you are intimidated by? So I remember in my leadership podcast, I I was invited to talk to to some to some other guys who have a podcast that's much bigger than mine. And when I first listened to their podcast, I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit intimidated. I heard their podcast and they were smart. They were this, they were that. And I was a little I was a little bit, you know, I was a little bit intimidated, I can't lie. But I just felt on the inside of me like why should I be intimidated by these guys? They might not even have what I have in terms of God, right? And as I as I talked to the guys, then I realized like actually like that is something that I have that they don't have. And what was amazing is that I went in and I chose not to be intimidated. I, I spoke to them like I would speak to any other person, you know, and when they said stuff I disagreed with, I disagreed with them on the podcast. You know, we had that conversation. And what was amazing is that they wanted to then air my episode on their network, which is much bigger than mine. So we can't be intimidated by these things. We just can't. But it doesn't mean that that's not going to try to happen, right? That first response might be just that. Like, oh my gosh, okay. But then you have to talk to yourself. So someone said once, why are you listening to yourself instead of talking to yourself? So when David says, soul, why are you downcasted? You know, what are you saying to yourself? So when that feeling comes up, what are you saying to yourself? Are you challenging that thought? Are you speaking the word of God into your situation? What are you doing? Because that is that is the most important thing, is when that intimidation tries to come, what, what do you do with it? Do you keep it? Do you send it packing? What are you doing with it? So intimidation and big picture thinking. Are we thinking bigger picture? Are we thinking how God thinks? When he says, you know, ask of me and I'll give you the nations as, as your inheritance. Are, are you thinking that kind of way? Are you thinking those big thoughts? So something that we talked about a little bit last episode is about provision. So we're going to go back there and we're going to talk about, you know, the lack versus abundance. So orphans, as we spoke about last time, they live in a place of lack. They live in a place of, I don't have that. They're the ones that hoard. They hold on to what they have because they don't have an understanding of the fact that with God, he's the God of more than enough. He's the God of abundance. He's the God who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. 
So there's, there's so much more available. And even when we think about the prodigal son, you know, we think about the, the son that stayed behind and he had a little bit of an orphan mentality because he was the one that was like, oh, you know, when have you ever killed the fatted calf for me? I've been here working, serving you this whole time. And the father said to him, don't you know that all I have is yours? Like you could have literally taken that cow, that cow anytime you want and done what you wanted to do. That's an orphan mentality. He doesn't know what he actually owns. He doesn't know what's actually his. He doesn't know that the resources of his father are for him as well. So are we living as people who are living from a place of lack? Are we living from, from that place of lack where we don't want to be generous, where we feel like we can't be generous? Or are we living generously? Are we giving and are we giving joyfully? This is a really important thing. When you think about your giving, when you think about, and I'm not just talking about, you know, bringing your tithes and, but like, are you generous with people? Are you willing to pay for dinner for someone else? Or is it a fight? You know, are you willing to give someone money when it might inconvenience you a little bit, knowing that God has the provision that he has for you? What does that look like for you? What does that look for you? And it's not about having lots of money to be generous. It's about, are you generous with what you have? Like the woman who gave, you know, her two, her two cents or whatever it was, she gave all that she had. And it's not about, it's not about being super rich before you can be generous. So one of the next things that we're going to talk about is how do you engage with relationships? So orphans are suspicious. Orphans have had experiences that make them suspicious, but sons are trusting. And I'm not talking about being unwise but do you generally trust people? So for me, for example, I try and approach everybody in the matter that I will trust you until you give me a reason not to. So if I meet you for the first time, I'll trust you. I'll, I'll be open with you, I'll trust you. But if you give me a reason not to trust you, then that's different. Or are you someone who makes people earn your trust? And is it really hard to earn your trust? So this is something that's really important. How do you approach people? How do you approach your relationships? in being untrusting are you judging other people are you then judging everything that they do and mostly in a negative way this is really really important are you actually being open to people because the way that i feel is that god who knows kind of the hearts of men he still welcomes people you know and this is this is something that i've i've tried to i've tried to understand because it said that there were certain people that jesus didn't trust himself to because he knew the hearts of men and this is where we're Christians. We have the Holy Spirit. We can be given discernment about how to deal with people. My thing is this, unless God expressly tells me not to trust someone from day one, I'm going to, I'm generally going to trust people. And I'm going to trust God that if there's someone that I need to know that I don't trust, then he will show me. But I don't see anywhere where it says that we should approach everybody with distrust. So for example, it says, you know, in Corinthians about about love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love believes the best is one of the things that love is. So that's part of, for me, how we approach relationships as sons is that we believe the best. We expect the best of people. And if someone disappoints us in that, then yes, we adjust. And we, we know that with that person, maybe something slightly different needs to happen, but there's also forgiveness. So for me, and I'm not talking about situations of abuse where someone is physically, verbally abusive, that kind of thing. That's not what I'm talking about. So when Jesus realized, or he saw that the Pharisees and the Sadducees were out to get him, he took the right measures to avoid them or to evade them in different ways where he says, you know, he just slipped out through the crowd. So, you know, there is, there's always ways of understanding like, okay, this person is really out to get me. 
But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, 80, 90% of people, they're not trying to screw you over. That's not what it looks like. So are you trusting in your relationships? How are you dealing with them? Are you judging people in your relationships? How does that work? What is your approach? Are you looking at it as an orphan or as a son? So we talk about, you know, suspicion, cynicism, defensiveness. If that's the way that you're generally seeing the word, the world, then that's not really behaving like a son. It's not. Because actually, how are you going to see the good things that are happening? How are you going to see the opportunity? How are you going to see the places where God wants you to minister or he wants you to do something? If what you're really looking at is from a cynical point of view, a defensive point of view, that's that's not going to be good for you. You're not going to see the things that God has for you to see. You know, it's it's how are you seeing that? How are you seeing that? So one of the things that I found really interesting that he spoke about as well was how people receive and how people ask for things. And that for me was not something I'd ever thought of. And he was talking about how <coughs> orphans are often trying to manipulate situations, connive to scheme to get what they want. But actually sons ask. And that for me was just like, wow. And he was saying that, you know, sometimes when people are around powerful people or famous people, they kind of shrink back into themselves and they're not willing to just ask for what they want or what they need or what they would like. And that's that's the behavior of someone who doesn't know their place or their position. And he said that, you know, be able to go to somebody and ask for what you want. And I think that sometimes that's how we treat God. You know, we're not willing to just go to him and ask for what we want. And we don't go in confidence. We don't go in boldness. We don't go in understanding that this is my father. If I want something from my father, you know, I can ask him. So I remember when we when we first got married and I needed some to borrow some money for the deposit for my house. I didn't I wasn't scared to ask my dad. You know, I wasn't scared. I was able to go confidently to my dad and have the conversation say hey look this is where I'm at this is what we need is this something that you can and are happy to do for me and one of the things that the guy spoke about is that sons are willing to hear no so if my dad had said no to me or my mum and dad had said no to me I'm not going to be offended I'm not going to be angry with them because that's their prerogative to say no you know that's okay for them to say no but sometimes orphans, when they hear a no, they get offended, they get angry, they get bitter. You know, those aren't things that we as sons should be operating in. Because if someone says no to us, that's okay. That's okay. So how are we thinking about asking for things for people? How are we thinking about engaging with different people? Are we engaging as an orphan, kind of begging for it? Or are we asking for it confidently and being okay with the fact that someone can say no? One of the things the guy said said in the in the sermon was that you know orphans struggle to hear yes and they struggle to hear no. So what are we what are we approaching things with? Am I okay if someone says no? Am I okay with being rejected in quotes because I know that I'm accepted by the father. So the the, the rejection of man doesn't actually mean anything to me. How do we approach that? Are we are we secure in ourselves? So one of the things that he was he was also talking about was are we welcoming? So when, when we think about it in a church scenario, when someone comes new to church, are we welcoming to them? So orphans are not welcoming because that's another person coming in to take their stuff. That's another person coming in to change things around. But a son, a son is welcoming. 
A son welcomes new people in. He welcomes people into the family. He wants people to, to join the family. He wants people to be involved. He wants people to come and partake in what's happening. So are we welcoming? Because sometimes, let's be very honest, churches can be a very unwelcoming place. And that's, that's super sad because that's not what it's meant to be like. That's really not what it's meant to be like. One of the things he next talked about was about serving and about why do, why do sons serve? They serve because that's their house. They serve because that's part of the responsibility that they have there and they're happy to serve. They're happy to take care of the house that they live in. You know, they come, they come at service from a place of gratitude, thanksgiving, delight. They enjoy it because when we think about it, that is how Jesus chose to serve us. That's how he chose to serve us. Like orphans, they're not happy to serve. You know, they serve because they have to, not because they want to. So when you think about your service, I, I, I get to serve. You know, if God has trusted me with something in my local church, I've, it's a privilege. I get to serve. I don't have to serve. So how are we approaching, how are we approaching service? One of the things that was quite, quite challenging was about discipline. And he was saying that orphans kick against discipline and perceive it as a personal rejection or an attack. They refuse to change. They expect others to accommodate, tolerate, and celebrate their brokenness. And I was just like, oh my gosh. When you look at the world that we live in now, that is exactly it. People refuse to change. They expect others to accommodate, tolerate, and celebrate their brokenness. That's not what this is about. That's not what this is about. And he said that, look, you're welcome, but your junk is not welcome. There are so many things that people have attached to them that isn't really the true them. That's not the true them. That's not God's perfect design for us as humans. God's perfect design for us as humans is not the brokenness. It's not the triggers. It's not the operating from impatience. That's not God's perfect plan for us. It's clear what God's perfect plan for us is. You know, walking in love, walking in peace, walking in holiness, that is God's plan for us. Patience, love is patient, love is kind, love is long-suffering. That is God's perfect plan for us. Sons welcome the discipline. It doesn't mean you enjoy the discipline, right? It doesn't mean that. It means that you understand that actually this is something that I need to do to get better and to be better. So when I, when I played basketball, do you think I liked my coach telling me that my shot wasn't good? No. But did I see what he was saying and then adjust to it? Because I know that if I want to get better, if I want to perform, if I want to be the best I can be, that's something that I need to, that I need to do. That discipline is necessary. It doesn't mean it's fun at the time, but it's necessary. And sons accept discipline. You know, they welcome that discipline, even if it's not the easiest thing to hear. Even if it's tough sometimes, that's what sons do. So how do you deal with being disciplined? How do you deal with hearing that you haven't quite got it right? How do you deal with the fact that things need to change? Or are you expecting people to tolerate, celebrate and accommodate some of the things that have triggered you? Some of the things that you're not getting right. So I, I really love that. I really, really love that. So I think that it's so important that we assess our lives 
in terms of am I living as an orphan or am I living as a son? So what I would really like for, for everybody to do, and this is what I'm, I'm doing as well and I'm doing with my wife, is that we're really trying to assess and address some of the orphan thinking that we have. It doesn't mean that you will be thinking in everything as an orphan. There might be some areas where you're thinking as a son. But I would love for you to really do the work. You know, ask God to show you some of the areas that you are living as an orphan and not as a son and to show you the ways to to elevate your mindset so it talks about you know the renewing of your mind so how can you renew your mind in some of these areas that we've spoken about so thank you so much for listening and and we will catch you on the next episode peace